The Voice of Montbello podcast is a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountain, we speak. Actually, I don't want to say make it out of Montbello because Montbello is not a bad place to be. It has a bad reputation. I don't know why. But after all these years, even after being successful and having the job that I have, I still live in Montbello. And I don't want to move out. I love Montbello. I love the diversity of it. I love the people here. I love everything about Montbello. My kids go to school in Montbello. So it's not making making it out of Montbello. It's making it out of whatever situation it is that you may be in. That was my mom, Officer Garcia. And this is the Voice of Montbello podcast. Mambelo It was an honor for Officer Garcia to come in and tell her hero's journey. I never knew that it took five years for Officer Garcia to become a police officer. I was inspired to learn that becoming a police officer takes a lot of work. You gotta believe in yourself to achieve your goals. Now that I know education is really important, I will pay more attention in classes so I can achieve my goal for be, of being a teacher. Also, I never knew that Officer Garcia was in a gang and did drugs. I was inspired to learn that every, everyone has made a mistake in life, but mistakes help you grow. Now that I see that Officer Garcia had made mistakes in life, I will, I will learn from my mistakes and one day become a wonderful hero. I never knew that Officer Garcia had no one to support her dream of becoming a police officer. It did not stop her from pursuing her dream of becoming a police officer. I was inspired to learn that even if no one supports you to follow your dreams, I never knew that my mom was making bad choices in life, but she persevered later to find out who she really wanted to be. I was inspired to learn that even though life was hard for her, she still was able to accomplish her life goal. Now that I know I can be anything I want by working very hard now, but to grow up with good experiences, I'll never give up and try to figure out who I really am. Another thing I was really inspired about was when she said that she had nobody to support her. She didn't care about what they said, so she still went through the academy and the training. After that interview, I knew that I had to work hard all day, every day. I never knew that you were in gangs, in jail, you did drugs, and your husband was shot. I was inspired to learn that she realized that's not who she really was. She didn't want to grow up being such a bad person. Now that I know how you really changed yourself and opened up your true self, 
I will learn that mistakes is just starting the path to becoming a hero. Mommy, your mom is an inspiring person. I can't believe all the things she did, such as did drugs at a young age, hanged out with thugs, dropped out of school to raise her baby. She was loyal to her dreams and became a police officer. Your mom, she had not, no one to support her but that back then, but that did not stop her. She followed her dream and look at her now, she's a police officer. Romy, your mom shows a great example and because of that, I know that you will be a successful woman. Now I know that through my hero's journey, I'm gonna experience challenges. Welcome to the Voice of Montbello podcast. Today we are going to interview Officer Garcia. Thank you guys, thank you for having me. I'm really excited and I'm honored to be here. What inspired you to become a police officer? Well, there was a lot of things that in inspired me and, and I would have to say it started at a really early age. I was probably a lot younger than you guys when I first got the idea that I wanted to be a police officer. Um, it started, it sounds kind of corny, but have you guys seen the show Cops? Yeah. Okay. Well, that show has been around for a very long time. And so I remember being really little, about five years old, and watching that show. And there was another show called America's Most Wanted and Unsolved Mysteries. And my fascination with wanting to become a police officer kind of started then. Um, and so, besides that, as I grew up, I had um, different family members, um, female family members to be a little more specific. I had one cousin who ended up joining the military. She was a soldier for the US Army, which I really, really admired, um, because even at that time, it was kind of unheard of. Um, few years down the road, I had another female cousin who became a Denver police officer. And I really, really admired both of them for <coughs> doing that. So in a way, in a sense, both those women, family members, have <coughs> paved the way for me. Because I remember when they first joined the military and joined the police force, it was a huge deal. It was a huge controversy even in my family. My family didn't really accept that. It wasn't something a woman did. So I really admire them and I thank them for paving the way for me. Uh, another thing that inspired me, uh, would have this would be the biggest thing that inspired me, was my passion for wanting to help people. Um, I'm a huge advocate for justice and wanting to help people and, and to teach people because a lot, of, a lot of the times I find myself teaching people on, you know, how to prevent something, how to prevent crime happening to them, or how to prevent on becoming a victim of crime. And so um, that was a, a huge thing that inspired me, was wanting to teach people and help people. Was it hard to become a police officer, and what did you have to go through? Was it hard? Yes. I think any time you want something, you really, really want something in life, it's always going to be hard. There's always going to be obstacles that you're going to have to go through. Um, I had to go through a lot to become a police officer. It took me five or more years to 
really do everything that I had to do and go through to become a police officer. I spent five years. First and foremost, I wanted to get my education. And so that was the first step. I put myself through college. I got an associate's in criminal justice and I got a bachelor's degree in, in communication. But it was during that time in college, because I still had, I didn't have mixed feelings, but I really didn't think I could become a police officer. It just seemed like it was such a wild dream and it was so far away and I couldn't really achieve it at the time. But it was during my time that I was in college that doors really started open up for, opening up for me. I started realizing more and more that the opportunity, that anything is possible. And so while I was in college, I asked, uh, I made a friend at a police department and uh, I asked her if it was okay if I can come an intern. And interning is basically working somewhere. You don't really get paid, sometimes you do, but for the most part you don't get paid. But you go and work there so you can learn what the job is all about. And so I was an intern at a police department and during my time there I spent a lot of time with detectives and police officers. I got to go on ride-alongs. I got to help with uh, investigations and I learned a lot of neat things. I got to help out with like community events and engage with the community and the kids in the area for like Christmas events, Easter, Halloween, and it was really fun. And so um, it was then that I was like, you know what? I can be a police officer. I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. And so that's when I really started looking into it and I started doing my research and asking around and the next step was to uh, put myself through the police academy because you have to get certified and to do that you have to go through a police academy. So I started doing research on police academies. I found one that was close to home for me and that had a really good reputation and I did it. I enrolled, I put in my application, enrolled, I got accepted and uh, I started my journey in the police academy. I spent almost a year there. And it was, it was really hard, really, really hard, um, especially the, the physical portion of it. And so there was a lot of times where I'm like, is this really what I want to do? Like, what am I signing up for? But at the same time, I, I enjoyed it. And, uh, but besides that, so long story short, I graduated from the police academy. I graduated from college all in the same week, which was a huge accomplishment for me. Um, after that came now applying to be a police officer, which is really hard. It's a hard job to get. Not just anyone can go and apply to be a police officer. Um, you have to go through a pretty intense hiring process. So. First, you have to do a written test, which requires like basic reading, writing, and like math skills. And then the next part of the hiring process is doing a physical test. So with some departments, you have to like run like an obstacle course. Um, then after that, you have to do what they call an oral board. It's an interview, but an oral board is more than just an interview with one person. You interview with three to five or, or more people, which can be kind of scary. It's a little intimidating too. You pass that and then you have to go and take a lie detector test. After you pass that phase, you have to um, go and pass a psychological exam. Once you pass that, you have to 
do another interview. Once I passed that interview, I had to go do another physical test. And once I passed that physical test, I had to do a second psychological test. After I passed that, I had to do a background. They had to do a background check on me. And basically, yeah. And so basically what that is is they want to know your whole life story. They want to know, you know, your, who your parents are, who your family is, where you live, where you went to school. Uh, where you worked, where have you lived for the past 10 or more years, what's your credit history like. I mean, they want to know your whole life story. But basically, after you pass all of that, you, you may or may not get a job offer. And so that was really hard for me, going through all that. It was really stressful, and it was really hard for me. But at the end of the day, I, I got it, and I'm... It's a dream come true to me, and I feel like I'm just so grateful and so excited to go to work with every day, and and it's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing to have a job that you love, because most people hate going to work. They hate their jobs. They don't want to get up in the morning and go to work, and there's nothing like loving your job and going to work happy every day. So. Follow your dreams, make them come true, and get the job. Do what you guys want to do in life, okay? Was it expensive to do all the traveling? The traveling? Training. Training. The training. Um, yes and no. Um, it's expensive because to put yourself through the police academy is... Nowadays, I... I'm just estimating, but I think it's about $10,000 to put yourself through a police academy. Um, but I was fortunate enough to receive financial aid, which really, really helped me and paid for most of my training. So. What was life like before becoming a police officer? <coughs> what was life like before becoming a police officer? It was, it was crazy. And the reason I say that is because I'm not somebody that people would have thought would have made it or have been something or have even been successful in life. Um, I come from a broken family, so my mom and dad split up when I was very young. My mom left my dad with me and my brother. Usually it's the other way around. Mothers are the ones left with children. In this case, my dad was left with us. And so, as a result of that, my dad had to work a lot. He worked a lot of long hours. He worked maybe even 16-hour days sometimes. And so because of that, me and my little brother, we spent a lot of time um, at home alone. And uh, spending too much time alone is, as a kid, I don't, I don't think can be good sometimes. And so because of that, we started seeking out relationships and friendships out in the streets and I started hanging out with an older crowd with older people and they weren't very good people I guess I could say I grew up in the 90s and in the 90s gangs were really popular like it was actually pretty cool to be in a gang and I hate saying that but it was and so I hung out with a lot of gang members and I started doing drugs at an early age. Um, I started high school 
I got pregnant in high school, and I had my baby in high school, which is her big brother. I was 16 when I had him. Because I had him at a young age, I had to drop out of high school. I didn't have anybody to help me with him or to watch him for me. So I dropped out of high school. Um, uh, I was with my boyfriend, who is my husband now. We've been together almost 20 years. So he was a gang member. He came from Southern California, and he came to Denver in the uh, mid-1990s. He was a gang member in California, so he brought that with him out here, and he started hanging out with other gang members. Um, he almost lost his life because of it. He was shot. He was sh him and his friends were shot. He was shot in his face, and his friend was shot behind a dumpster in an alley 16 times and they killed him. Um, then they came back and shot my then boyfriend a few more times just to make sure he was dead. And miraculously, I mean, he should have been dead, but miraculously, he lived. He lived through that. And that was a big eye-opening experience. It really opened our eyes. And, and besides that, I mean, that was one of the big moments, but besides that, we. We went through a lot because of this lifestyle. The guys who shot him l went to prison, of course, but later on, they were trying to get out of prison. They were appealing um, their case in court, and to try to get out of prison, they wanted to kill me and my husband. And so they put a hit out on us, and they were gonna pay somebody $10,000 to take us out so that he wouldn't go to court and testify against them anymore. And so, anyways, that's just the lifestyle that, and the consequences that come from being in that lifestyle. Um, like I said, I was into partying, I was into drugs, and hanging out with all the wrong people. But uh, it wasn't until later on in life I got older and. I had more kids and I started realizing that this is not for me. This is not who I am. This is not what I want to be. This is what I don't want my kids to see and grow up being a part of. And so I started to make changes and I realized that you can't hang out with certain people. What I learned in life is whatever you want to be in life, You've got to hang out with people and surround yourself with people who are have the same goals as you do and want to do the same things in life. So I didn't want to be a gang member. I didn't want to be doing drugs anymore. I didn't want to hang out with thugs and criminals. And so I had to separate myself from everyone and from that environment. And once I started realizing that I wanted to be a mother, a successful mother, a wife, a, co a gra college graduate and have a career, I started surrounding myself with people who were doing that. I started surrounding myself with people who had successful marriages, who were raising good children, who went through college and graduated. Then I started hanging out with police officers. And so, lo and behold, I'm, I'm doing it. And I'm I'm very grateful that I made it out. No matter what you're going through in life, you can make it out. You don't have to, that's, doesn't define who you are and you don't have to be that way. 
you can make it out and you can be your own person and do what you want to do in life. So, actually, I don't want to say make it out of Montbello because Montbello is not a bad place to be. It has a bad reputation. I don't know why. But after all these years, even after being successful, I would say both. You can make it out whatever situation, and and I don't want to move out. I love Montbello. I love the diversity of it. I love the people here. I love everything about Montbello. My kids go to school in Montbello. So it's not making, out of, making it out of Montbello. It's making it out of whatever situation it is that you may be in. So. Yes. Did being Latina change the way people look at you as a police officer? Yes and no. I say no because I don't look Hispanic or Latina. Most people assume I'm white. So it hasn't really changed, I guess, the way people look at me. But once I'm able to help people and help with the language barrier that we encounter so often, it does make a difference. You know, um, we have a huge Spanish-speaking population in Montbello, in Denver, Met in all the metro area, I think statewide and maybe even nationwide, we have a huge Spanish-speaking population. And unfortunately, we don't have very many Spanish-speaking officers um, or very, very many Spanish-speaking people in a lot of occupations, you know. Um, but I have been able to really help out with that big time because I notice when people encounter the police, it, it's the language barrier more than anything. They're scared because they can't really effectively communicate and tell the officer what's going on. Therefore, nothing really, the problem doesn't get solved and nothing really happens. But I know that once I get there, if I'm working and I get there, I notice that, and I'm able to talk to them in Spanish, I notice that they relax, they seem a lot more comfortable, and I'm really able to help them come up with the solution and uh, get to the bottom of whatever it is, whatever the reason is, they called us for so it's I've, it's been very beneficial it's it's I like that I'm able to relate to that portion of the community and I, I think they like it too I've made a lot of friends in the community because of that when you were cruising down the street in your cop car who was your ally cruising down the street <laughs> um, who is my ally can you be a little more specific like your partner my partner um, like, are you talking about, like, as in another cop? Um, well, at our police department, we don't really have, like, partners, so to speak. Like, somebody who's in the car with me at all times. We work in teams. But when I think of an ally, I, I think of the community. Because the meaning of ally is one person or group working with another person or group to accomplish the same goals. And so when I think of an ally, I think of the community that we serve. Those are our allies. And believe it or not, despite everything you hear, all the negativity there is about police, the community still trusts us. The community still has respect for us and still, still wants us to be there. They still want us to be there. They still call us every day and and we respond and and we help with whatever it is they need help with. 
but I, I think our communities are still support us very much and to me those are they are my ally who supported your idea of becoming a police officer uh, who supported my idea of becoming a police officer at first nobody did so I just told you guys the type of lifestyle that I had and how I grew up so everyone I hung out with including some of my family members they didn't like the police they didn't like cops so when I first told people, expressed the idea to them, I actually, you know how I told you guys I never wanted, I wanted to be a cop since I was about like five? I kept that to myself. I didn't tell anybody I wanted to be a police officer. And it was because of my life and everybody in it who I grew up with. So when I first started telling people that I wanted to be a police officer, I got things like, why? Why do you want to be a cop? Or I got, but you're a girl. You can't do that. Or, you know, you're not strong enough. You can get hurt out there. I got those kind of responses, which just fueled my, my passion even more to, to, to do it. And it was crazy because after a while, after I got all those kind of like negative responses on why and and I was a girl and I'm not strong enough. Um, then I got, it seemed like people kind of accepted it, but they didn't really believe me. So it was like, okay, she says she wants to be a cop, whatever. But they didn't believe that I would actually put in all the work and the effort and actually go out there and get it. And so when I actually went through everything, graduated, <coughs> got the job as a police officer, got sworn in, and got to put on the uniform and badge, it was like a huge kind of a surprise to people and a slap in the face to others, you know, because I did it. When you were a kid, what heroes inspired you? I'm sorry, what was that? When you were a kid, what heroes inspired you? Well, like I said, uh, when I was a kid, my cousin joined the military and another cousin of mine joined the police force and that, that really inspired me. It really inspired me because, you know, they were women, they were from the Hispanic Latin community and they were family members and they basically paved the way for me. So they inspired me. What is the most what is the most challenging thing about being a police officer? The most challenging thing is dealing with all the emotions involved when dealing with people. Sometimes you're dealing with people who are you know extremely upset about something or extremely mad about something and it can be challenging just trying to you know get them to calm down and talk to them and and uh, another thing I find challenging is all of the negativity that's portrayed about police officers in the media. I know all of you guys have heard something bad about police officers in some way shape or form and it really bothers me when I get on scene somewhere and all of a sudden people are assuming I'm going to shoot them like right off the bat 
I get people who, you know, I'm just having a conversation with them and they are putting their hands up. They're doing this. And I ask them, I'm like, why are you putting your hands up? And they say, I don't want you to shoot me. And I'm like, why would I shoot you? Is There's no reason to. What is this all about? And it's because of everything they hear and see and everything going on with police officers and the community. But that could be challenging because it kind of bothers me and I try not to let it bother me, but it does. But you know, when they do that, I let them. I'm like, okay, well, we, I guess we can talk with your hands up in the air. And after a little while, they get tired and they start doing this. They rest their hands on their head. And then they realize like, you know what? She's cool. Like there's nothing going on. And they finally put them down, which, you know, which I like. Um, Another thing that bothers me is um, that can be a little challenging and it kind of gets to me and I don't know why is these little things called cell phones. <laughs> For some reason, with and it's because of everything that's going on, but nowadays everybody wants to pull out a cell phone and start recording, which is fine, but it's like they I feel like at times they're recording me and trying to make me out to be a bad guy right off the bat. I see them pull out their cell phone, they do this, and right away they throw in something like, here's a white police officer harassing us. Little do they know that I'm not white, <laughs> but they'll say something like that, and it's like, why do you gotta go there? Why are you doing that? I'm not harassing you. Either it's a conversation, or I'm here because somebody called us. Like, I didn't come here just because I wanted to talk to you or bother you, you know? And so, you know, I just, I kind of, it bothers me, but sometimes I'll uh, play into it with them. I grab my cell phone and I'll do the same thing back to them. So I stand there and I'm talking to them, but I'm doing this as they're recording me too. And I don't know if it's like a psychological thing, but after a while, it's like, they put their phone away. It's, it's kind of funny. They'll put it away and realize like, there is no reason to be recording me, you know, especially if we're just having a conversation and it's a calm situation. You know, I could see if it was chaotic or something crazy was going on, but so those kind of things can be a little challenging to me. I'm starting to try to brush them off and not let them get to me as much, but they still do a little. Has your perspective of policing changed? Um, like you talked about earlier in your life when you were a gang member. Like what was your perspective on police officers then and how has it changed now that you're Surprisingly, even though I grew up uh, gangbanging and around thugs and gangsters, I've always had, I've always admired and had a deep respect for police officers. So if I did have police contact, I complied. And actually I would end up sometimes making friends with them. Like I knew a lot of the police officers in the community. I knew my school resource officer. I knew the cops who patrol my area. They knew me, they knew my brother, they knew all of us because of all the contact that we had with them. But deep inside, I was just, I've always admired them. And I was like, wow, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be like that. But so, uh, it hasn't changed. I still feel that way about them. Do you ever feel like you're in danger? 
Do I ever feel like I'm in danger? Of course, this is a, a dangerous job, you know? Um, at times, I feel like I'm in danger more than others. It depends. Sometimes I get, I get scared. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't scared. Sometimes I'm in my car and dispatch comes on the radio and they call my number, you know? 6-1, can you respond to um, a suspicious person who has a gun on them, you know? And a lot of different things start running through my head. Okay, when I get to this area, is he immediately gonna engage with me and maybe try and hurt me? I don't know. I mean, it's things like that that I get scared. I get scared. I get scared dealing with people who are not in their right state of mind, who are under the influence of drugs and alcohol, because when someone's under the influence of drugs and alcohol, they're not thinking right, and they really don't care. And so anything can happen. Anything can happen. And again, with everything we see on TV and on the news, especially all the hatred towards police officers, I, I have to be on guard. <laughs> I find myself sitting at a red light surrounded by other cars and I can't just sit there comfortably, you know, texting or something like most people do at a red light really quick. I can't do that. I have to be looking in all my mirrors and looking around and kind of analyzing people as they're sitting in their cars for that one minute that I'm at, the, at a red light. Um, but I try, I've always been, even before I was a police officer, I've always um, had a high level of alertness and awareness. And so I think uh, that, that that really helps me. It really helps me to just be aware of my surroundings. And I think um, I don't always feel like I'm in danger, but I am always alert and aware of my surroundings. And I try to avoid putting myself in a situation where something, something bad can happen. Thank you. Had you ever had to use your gun to defend yourself? So I've never actually like shot at anybody or shot anybody. And I hope that I never have to. I hope I'm never in that situation, but I am prepared for it. Um, but as far as pulling my gun out, I have pulled it out and I have pointed it at people. Um, I had a situation where um, a guy was breaking into cars one night and he was in my area and I remember looking for him and it was dark, it was late at night and so I shined all my lights on my patrol car and I drove down the street where they said, where the people said they saw him breaking into cars um, and I didn't find him. So I left the area, well then dispatch calls me again and says, hey, we're getting more reports of that same suspect breaking into cars. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna find him this time. So I went, it was about a block away from the first area that I looked. So I went into that area, but this time I, I crept. I turned all the lights off on my car and I rolled the windows down so I could hear him. And I drove through the street very quietly, like maybe not even five miles per hour. And sure enough, I saw something. I caught a glimpse of some movement by some cars. And so I stopped my car and he immediately starts running for me. So I air it out, I air out my location on the radio. So it's really important as a police officer, you gotta know where you're at in your location at all times in case you need help. 
So I aired my location and put the car in park and I took off running after him. And he ends up jumping some fences. I end up going over with him. I'm chasing him, chasing him. I'm yelling at him to stop. I'm identifying myself as a police officer. He knew who I was. He saw my car. Um, we end up in an alley and he ends up hiding from me. So other officers come into the area and we start looking for him. We start a search, we set up a perimeter, start looking for him. And at this point I have my gun out because I don't know if he's gonna pop out on me, you know? So I have my gun out and, and uh, sure enough, he, uh, he was hiding. He was hiding in this old, abandoned, crusty, ugly garage in an alley. And he was hiding in there and he had a huge machete. It was about this big. And if you guys don't know what a machete is, it's a big knife. And that really scared me. And so, of course, I already had my gun out. But at that moment, I actually pointed it at him. And I told him to drop the weapon, put his hands up, and come out and walk towards me. And he did. Thank God that he did. He complied, dropped it, came out with his hands up. He listened to my orders. I had him get on the ground. I was able to handcuff him. And... But that was really scary. And it's times like that where you, you do. You have to point your gun at somebody, you know. It only takes a split second for somebody like that. I found out later he was under the influence of some pretty hard drugs. So it only takes a second for somebody who's not in their right state of mind and has such a dangerous weapon like that to come and try and attack me, you know. But I don't like doing it but I will if I have to. Thank you. Who did you share your wisdom with now that you became a hero? The word hero is just such a strong word. I don't really consider myself a hero, but I'm honored that you guys do consider me to be a hero. As far as sharing my wisdom with others, I really like sharing my life experiences with young people, such as yourselves. And I do that so that you guys can maybe learn from it. Sometimes it's easier to learn from other people's experiences. Um, and what I'd like to say is, be careful. Be careful who you surround yourself with. I had a pastor one time tell me, he said, do you want to know where you'll be in five years? And I said, sure. <laughs> He's like, show me your friends. Let me see who you hang out with, and I'll tell you where you'll be in five years. And that was deep. That really that stayed with me for the rest of my life when he told me that. Because it's true. Whoever, whatever, whoever and whatever you surround yourself with, it'll most likely rub off on you. You end up doing what they do. You end up being like them. So you, you really have to be careful who and what you surround yourself with. If you want to be something in life, like I said, surround yourself with those people who are doing that and have the same goals as you do. And just, just do it. Who cares what anybody says, what anybody thinks, and just do what you want to do in life because there's nothing like doing what you love to do, and it doesn't matter what it is. 
but there's nothing like going to work, waking up every day and going to work happy to be there and loving your job. Because like I said, most people hate their job. They hate going to work. And there's nothing like loving your job. I still feel like, I go to work sometimes and I still feel like it's a dream. I'm like, wow, like I can't believe I'm actually doing this. It still feels surreal to me. And I never call in sick. <laughs> and I hardly ever miss work. If I miss work, it's because I truly am like sick as a dog. But I just, I love my job. I love what I do. I love interacting with people. I love interacting with the youngsters. Um, I just, I love helping people. And this job really does allow me to do that. Sometimes, yes. I have to put my foot down and lay down the law and arrest people and things of that nature. But for the most part, I just get to go out there and, and have fun and talk to people and make friends and help people. I've run into countless families that have been in need and, and I've been able to help them. So that's... Uh, my advice to you guys. How did you feel when accomplishing your dream of being becoming a police officer? Like I said, it still feels like a dream. It still feels like a dream and I'm just living living out my dream. It took me a little longer than some people, but my dream was to have my family be married, have my children, be a college graduate because I've always liked school, even though I dropped out. I don't know why I dropped out. It was because of my influences and because of having a child in high school, but I've always liked school. And I always knew that school was the key to opening doors for me. I always knew that. So I'm happy that I was able to go to, get the opportunity to go to college and, and graduate and and the opportunity to, and I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to become a police officer because with the background that I have and everything I've done, because I've been arrested, I've went to jail. So with the background that I have, most police departments will not hire someone like me. They just will not. I've had that experience already where I've tested with them, I did very well, they liked me, but they would not hire me because of my background and the things that I did. So I'm very fortunate, very happy that this police department that I work with was able to look past all of that and see that that was not me anymore and that I was actually, that I was a good person and take the chance on hiring me. Did anyone try to stop you from becoming a police officer? Yeah, yeah. Um, at first, my husband was trying to stop me from becoming a police officer. Like I said, he, he didn't like it. Because first of all, he didn't like it because he never knew that I wanted to be a police officer. I didn't share that with anybody. I kept it to myself. Um, he tried to stop me because he felt like it was too dangerous of a job, which it is. I don't blame him. Um, he thought, since I'm a woman, you know, it's even more dangerous for me. He said I wasn't that big. 
<laughs> I don't know what that means, but maybe he meant strong-wise. I don't know. But, yeah, he, he tried stopping me. It took him a long time to accept it and to actually be on board with it and support me. And now he's he's so sweet. He's so sweet. He's, he's my biggest fan now, and I really appreciate him and, and love him for that. Thank you. you have any final words for us? Final words? I think I've pretty much said everything I need to say and given the advice that I need to give. I, I can't stress it enough that don't let people put you down or get you down because we're from this neighborhood. I don't know if you guys have heard the reputation that it has. I hate that it's called Mont Ghetto. It really bothers me. I think it's so stupid. But we have an awesome community. We're very diverse. We have a little bit of everybody in this community. It's black, Mexican, Native American. I see Asians. We have Asian churches in our community. We have white people. Not very many, but there is. We have a little bit of everybody in this community. And I don't know how many languages, different languages are spoken in this community, but I'm sure it's quite a few, you know? And we do a lot of fun things out here. And this is the place to be. Like I said, I will never move out of Montbell. I've lived here my whole life. I get other people asking me when I'm going to move out, and I'm like, why? Why would I move out? I love it there. Grew up here, went to school here. My kids are growing up here. They go to school here. If I could work out here, I would. So just don't let anybody get you down and and you can do anything. I can't stress that enough. You can do, even if it just seems like so far-fetched, like just shoot for the stars because anything is possible, okay? You can do anything and be anything you want. Thank so. you. Um. <coughs> Thank you, Mommy, for coming and answering our questions. <laughs> Yay. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.